This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. A minute ago, if you wanted that Psalms 3, I, I didn't say all of that. There's a part in there that I believe I need to speak to that uh, King David, when he said that later on in that same psalm, he said, I lay down and I slept for the Lord sustained me. And I believe, you know, if that's you, that anybody in here ever had issues with your sleep? God wants to bless your sleep. Where we're like King David. I, I laid down and I slept. You know what? I quit worrying. I quit getting over an anxiety. I just laid down and slept and I let the Lord sustain me. Again, if you have problems with your sleep, uh, Psalms 127, 2, Psalms 4 and 8, and Proverbs 3, 24. Every one of those talk about sleep. I pray blessings on you that your life is sweet and peaceful sleep. Okay, if you need a Bible, why don't you raise your hand? Get your hands up real high. The ushers would put the Word of God in your hand. And once you get a Bible, go with me to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis 12. Ooh, it's been a good day, good week. And you say, how do you determine a good day? A good day to me is when I have wonderful time of, of prayer and fellowship with the Father. And so it's, it's been a good day. Been a great day to, make, to be truthful about it. So I encourage you to get around God just as much as you can. Call out to the Lord. We'll give you an opportunity with our tithes and offerings. Uh, Genesis 12. You hear this passage a lot. I, I hope this sinks into every one of us in here. But he says uh, in verse 1, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Get out of your country from your family, from your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Now, God, he, he didn't bless Abraham solely for his own personal benefit. But he said there at the end, I've blessed you to be a blessing. Now, I'm going to point out two main things off of this right here. He said in verse 2, he said, I will bless you. Can I tell you that God still desires to bless people? Right there, it's like God wants to bless you. A definition of the word bless means to be happy, fortunate, and to be envied. And all that goes back to is Father God. Everything I have is because of Father God. So you see immediately here, he said, I want to bless you. But that doesn't just happen, okay? The way God blesses us is we believe his word and then we act and we obey his word. So I've got to believe the word and when I know I'm believing the word, I step out and I act on his word. And I obey his word. Even in the area of finances and he'll bless us. But at the end of verse 2 he said, and you shall be a blessing. This was God's desire for every one of us in here that he blesses us to be a blessing. But you can't be a blessing unless you're blessed. Now, I don't know if you ever had this. I, I would be willing to bet every one of us in here have, have any of you ever dreamed of giving away big things? Yes. <laughs> I look and I, I love that thought. That, that's, that's a heart's desire. But I can't be that blessing without first being blessed. And so I got to follow God's word here. 
I got to look to God and understand God wants to bless me, but the reason he wants to bless me, I'm blessed to be a blessing. All right, let's pray. Father God, we love you tonight. We honor you tonight. We thank you for your word again, Lord. And Father God, you grace us tonight to be doers of your word and not hearers only. And Lord, I speak that right now over everyone under my voice right here or in live stream that Father God, your heart is to bless, and you've blessed us to be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Well, bless you. You cause the kingdom of God to move forward every time you give, so we, we appreciate that. I don't ever want to overlook that. But you've got to understand, when you give, you're giving to the kingdom of God. You're giving to the house of God, and God blesses for it. All right, you got your Bible, go to 1 Samuel 13. 1 Samuel 13, it's going to take me a little while to get here, but I want you to go ahead and turn there. As you're turning there, just a couple announcements really, really quick. Uh, I don't know if you like Panda Express or not, but it's uh, 114th and Quaker. The reason we do that is to get as many women the opportunity to go to the women's retreat. So that's what it's for. Be sure and tell them you're with Faith Church, and be sure and tell them to, to supersize your order, Okay. So we'd really be blessed. Again, that is tonight after service. You're more than welcome. Go by there. Be sure and mention the church. Friday night from 68. 68 is the, the G-Force graduation and party for completed pre-K going through kindergarten. So that is Friday night from 68. All right. So the last month or so now, we've been talking on areas of faith and I like to go back and kind of review a little bit just to get us going, but you know, a few weeks back I said one of the, the greatest things we can begin to do to start igniting our faith again is I must learn to acknowledge God. And, and what I mean to acknowledge God is I, I just say to God who he is to me, to you. Who is God to you? Heavenly Father, the creator, you're the potter, you're the healer, you're the restore, you're the God who loves me, and we just go on and on and on. And what I find out is the more I acknowledge Father God and all his covenant names, something begins to stir within me. Even a maybe. And the word maybe means Perhaps, possible, let's see. And then I just keep acknowledging God, and before long, that acknowledgement, it begins to stir up a hope within me, where I have some hope again. And I keep acknowledging God, and before long, that begins to ignite my faith, where I realize, you know what? My Heavenly Father loves me, and He cares about me. And many times we, we get in a hurry, and I want you to think in these terms that, you know, a, a caterpillar, he doesn't move real fast, but it's still progression. And I think about a turtle. Turtle doesn't move real fast, but it's still a progression. And sometimes in the area of faith, we, we start taking these baby faiths. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. 
And I think about just a, a child, a little baby. You know, they, they just lay there for months and months and don't do nothing but eat and sleep and go to the bathroom. And then before long, they'll begin to kick their legs a little bit. And before long, they start to crawl. And then it's always real adventurous and exciting when they begin to walk. And when they begin to walk, the first time they try to walk, they're like Humpty Dumpty, they fall. And when our children fall, we don't look at them and say, you loser, just stay down there. No, we get them back up because we realize this is progression. And so a lot of times in the area of our faith, I, I think we get sidetracked when we're really beginning to progress and things are beginning to happen. And so I, I'm going to talk a little bit about a, a word called wait tonight. And faith in God prepares expectation even in the face of opposition. And we all face opposition, but with opposition comes opportunity. And you think about when King David was a young boy and the whole Israel army, they saw Goliath and all they saw was opposition. But when David saw him, he said, hey, opportunity. And many of the, the Israelites said, he's too big to whip. And King David said, he's too big to miss. And so again, so much of this just goes by how I begin to, to look at things. And so every one of us, we, we go through those seasons where we got to learn to wait on the Lord. And as we go through tonight, I'm going to give you definitions on wait on the Lord. But one of the things we do when we wait on the Lord is it doesn't mean I sit here and just twiddle my thumbs. When I wait on the Lord, it's part of serving. I, serving, I serve the Lord in that time frame or that gap where I'm waiting for the, the, the promise to be fulfilled. And I highlight this, it's, it's a place of servanthood that what you make happen for other people, God will make happen for you. And so literally, this time called waiting is a preparation. It's a time that literally trains us for what's going to come. And so, man, I go back many, many, many moons ago. And I graduated from Bible school right around the age of 20. But I didn't walk in this gift as a pastor until I was 40. 20 years. And there were days I looked and said, God, what about me? Do you not see? Do you not see? And it's like God said, get back in the oven. I'm not done cooking on you. You got some things that got to happen. And so we want to talk about this tonight where you begin to see biblically to wait on the Lord is a good thing. 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 1. I'm going to put you at ease. We're going to be here almost the whole night. So if you're a note taker, 1 Samuel 13. Saul reigned one year, and when he had reigned two years over Israel, and that's crazy to even think about what he's talking about there. I would look at that. I think the best thing I can describe to you right here is when Saul began to reign, he was 30 years old, and he reigned for 42 years. So we move to verse 2. Saul chose for himself 3,000 men of Israel, 2,000 were with Saul in Michnash in the mountains of Bethel, and the other 1,000 were with his son Jonathan in Geba, Benjamin. 
The rest of the people he sent away, every man to his tent. So Jonathan attacked the garrison of the Philistines that was in Geba. So his son, Jonathan's got a thousand men. And in this area called, called Gibe, he attacks the Philistines. And we go on and read here, and it says, and the Philistines heard of it. They got, they got word of it. They got word that Jonathan and these thousand men attacked them, and it got their attention. Actually, it ticked them off. It stirred up a hornet's nest is what it does. But it doesn't end there. In verse uh, 3, it says, Then Saul blew the trumpet throughout the land, saying, Let the Hebrews hear. And so when the trumpet starts blasting, it, it really infuriates the, the Philistines. Verse 4. Now all Israel heard it said that Saul had attacked the garrison of the Philistines. But when we go back and look in the scripture, Saul didn't attack the garrison of the Philistines. Jonathan, his son, did. And yet it's like Saul here begins to take credit for what he didn't do. And so pride begins in a small measure, but when pride goes unchecked, pride is a killer. It's a destroyer. And all Israel had also become an abomination, a stench. They were hated by the Philistines, and the people were called together to Saul at Gilgal. So we begin to see some things going into motion here. Verse 5. Then the Philistines gathered together to fight with Israel. 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, and his people as the sand which is on the seashore and the multitude. And they came up and camped at Michmash to the east of Beth Adin. So when you begin to look at this, you see the crazy amount of the Philistines. I mean, 30,000 chariots. So we rewind here real quick. Saul had 3,000. And you begin to look at the odds. The odds of Saul in Vegas aren't very good right now. And so when Saul begins to hear 30,000 chariots and all these horsemen, things are getting a little hairy and a little scary in the Israelites' camp. It's almost like, uh-oh, what have we done? Verse 6. When the men of Israel saw that they were in danger, they were in a tight spot, they were in opposition, for the people became distressed. Do you know stress was a problem even in the Old Testament? They're all just stressed out. Just freaking out. Distressed. Then the people, what'd they do? They hid in caves and thickets and rocks and holes and in pits. Anywhere they could hide, they hid. And so you see right here, this isn't good. This has got danger written all over it. This is a, a tight situation. They're distressed. And so what begins to happen here when life begins to squeeze us and you become distressed? I wonder back then, 
they had panic attacks. They begin to panic at opposition. But you know, in this life, the Lord Jesus said in, in John 16, 33, he said, in this world, you will have tribulation. You will have squeezing. You will have pressures. But that's not how he ended the verse. In John 16, 33, he said, in this world, you'll have tribulation. But he said, be a good cheer. I've overcome the world. In other words, no worries if you trust me. And so this is the, the predicament they're in, verse 7. And some of the Hebrews crossed over the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was still in Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling. So these men are so terrified. They're, they're scared out of their minds. Some begin to head to the wilderness. Others flee. Others hide. Literally, they start defecting. And it said there, but Paul and all, or Saul and all the people that were left, they're all trembling. You know what I think they're doing? They're looking at Saul and saying, hey, pal, you're the king. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're all outnumbered. It doesn't look good. Verse 8. Then he waited seven days. According to the time set by Samuel. Now Samuel was the prophet. And Samuel evidently has said to him, you don't do nothing for seven days, buddy. You, you wait. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people scattered from him. So I want to give you some definitions here of the word wait. The word wait means to look forward to expectantly. Not just to look forward to but look forward to with an expectation. The word wait also has the meaning to stay in place. Just to stay in place. When you've done all you know to do, just stand. That's, that's Ephesians 6. Just stand. And so Samuel had instructed him. He said, don't do nothing until you stand. Till you wait. And so Samuel's seen all this, but we go back. Or Saul's seen all this, but we go back. Samuel doesn't show up. And so Saul's men, they, they've grown desperate. They begin to desert. And so it's very easy to say here, Saul's in a, he's in a hard spot. Tight spot, hard pressed. The heat is on. Anxiety is knocking on Saul's door. And Saul is, is minute by minute is beginning to realize, you know what, i got to do something. Something's got to happen. And his heart is screaming, wait, 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 wait. But his flesh is saying, you've got to do something. Now, let me ask you something right now off of that. Have you ever felt that way? You say, Pastor, I feel that way right now. I felt that way. 
I've felt that way where I've said, God, do you not see what's going on? Duh. And so when we begin to feel that way, if we don't wait on the Lord with that expectation and just stand how he told us to, then the only other option is we start taking matters into our own hands. And we don't say this to God, but we might as well. God, you didn't do anything, so I've got to make things happen. And so when I start making things happen, I take matters into my own hands, I make a mess of me what begins to happen. And I believe this is what's going on here. And so Saul is being squeezed, but I've got to go back. But what about waiting on the Lord? Isaiah 30, verse 18 says, the Lord is a faithful God. He's looking and longing to be gracious to you. Blessed are those who wait for his help. Blessed are those who wait for his help. Verse 9. So Saul said, bring a burnt offering and a peace offering here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now, this was not only a no-no, this was a huge no-no. He had no business doing this. This was reserved for Samuel the prophet to do this. This was forbidden. And so literally again, you begin to see here, he blows off the waiting. And he said, I'm going to take matters into my own hand. This is what we got to do. Verse 10. Now it happened as soon as he finished presenting the burnt offering that Samuel came. Samuel shows up right as he's done. I'm going to fast forward into the story. I'm going to come back to it. Saul literally loses being king by a matter of seconds or minutes because he chose not to wait on the Lord. He lost being the king. It cost Saul his, his throne. what it did. And so back to verse 10, it says... And Saul went out to meet him that he might greet him. Saul's going to do a little greeting and meeting. And it's like he said, hey, hey, Sammy, what's up? Now, now watch this. Verse 11. And Samuel said, what have you done? Now, this wasn't a question. This was, Samuel was in shock. It was like, what type of stupid are you? What have you done? And Saul said, when I saw, when I saw, I can't allow what I see to override what God said. Amen. You may want to tweet that one. 
but I'm moved by what I see. But I can't let what I see override what God said. So Saul said, when I saw that that the people were scattered for me, and then you didn't come within the days appointed. I don't know if you catch that right there. You didn't come on the days of appointed. So you know what he's saying literally? I'm not the problem. You're the problem, Sammy. And when things don't go right for it, for us, it's very easy to start blaming everybody else. I mean, you see it over and over in the Bible. God, you know, when, when Adam and Eve got in the problem, that's what Adam said. It's that woman you gave me. And so he blamed Sammy. He said, it's your fault if you would have just been here on time. Within the days appointed that the Philistines gathered together at Michmash. Wow. Verse 12. Then I said, the Philistines will come now down on me at Gilgal. And I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore, I felt compelled and offered a burnt offering. I felt compelled. I, I broke what you told me to do, but I felt compelled. So literally stated right here, what Saul does is called a false start. He jumped the gun. Now many of you, if you watch track and field, the, the greatest sprinter of our times is a guy named Usain Bolt. He's still the world record holder in the 100 and the 200. A number of years back, he's in the world championship. He's lined up with seven other participants. And they fire the gun. And Usain Bolt, he false starts by a matter of milliseconds. Just just the split. But because he jumped the gun, he was disqualified. Even though he was the favorite, even though he had the ability to win, even though he had the opportunity, he was disqualified. You know why? His timing was wrong. And my timing and your timing can be wrong when I don't learn to wait on the Lord. And so I love to say it in this way. With God, you're better off late than early because if you're late, at least God's with you. But if you're early, you're out there on your own. So he jumps the gun, and this is exactly what happens to Saul. Verse 13, and Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. The fool in Scripture is one devoid of moral and spiritual character. You have done foolishly. So you know what? You see reading into this, and this is going to hurt. Man, when I read it, I thought, oh, Lord, I repent. When I don't wait on the Lord, when I take matters into my own hands, when I jump the gun... I put on the robe of foolish. Whether I like to think that or not. And he said, you acted foolishly, hasty, quickly, eager, impatient. 
Listen to this. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. Wow. For now the Lord would have established you king over Israel forever. And so I can't look at man-made logic. I, I cannot override change. And, and when I say that, God and his word are the greatest reality that any one of us can ever have. And when I think I can disobey God, there's not going to be consequence. There's going to be huge consequences for it. I must obey. Even then, that means just wait on the Lord. Just wait on the Lord. And so for 20 years, I waited on the Lord. It wasn't easy. But I go back in those times, and man, God was working in me. And he'll work in you. Now, let me get to the end here real quick. Verse 14. But now your kingdom shall not continue. Just a, just a minute or two early. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be a commander over his people. Because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. You must obey God even if that means wait. And so you know what God just told him? You didn't trust my timing. You took matters into your own hand. So I can do the right thing in the wrong timing and it becomes a curse. And so I must wait because my faith depends on it. I'm gonna give you a great thought right here. Don't waste your way. Don't waste it. My weight is preparing me for God's best. And so I speak that in here. Don't, don't, don't waste your weight. One last scripture. Go with me to Galatians. Sorry, Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. That's not an easy thing to do. But if I don't wait on the Lord, I settle something that's not God's best. And I believe that happens to many of us a lot of times. We don't wait on the Lord. We get impatient. Father God, grace me to wait. Grace me to wait. Galatians 6, verse 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good. Don't get fatigued while doing good. Don't get in a hurry. Why? For in due season, you know what due season is? It's just the right time. You know what I found out about Father God? He's never early and he's never late. He's just right on time. And he ends this verse and he says, we will reap if we don't lose heart. If you don't give up, if you don't quit, if you don't take matters into your own hands, you'll reap. So just stick with the things of God. And I believe this is so important right now because we live in a world that it's, it's fast. I go to the ATM. You know why I go to the ATM? I want money now. You know why fast foods or restaurants are so successful? Because I get it now. Everything is now. And if it doesn't happen just a matter of a short time, we get mad. We give up. But you got to wait. Well, pastor, I've waited. 
I waited for about three hours and nothing happened. Well, I go back and I look at the guys in the Bible. Man, some of them waited 30 and 40 years. They said, you know what? I'm not going to jump the gun. I'm going to have you stand up. And I believe this for every one of us. We've probably all jumped the gun at some time in our life. Have you ever jumped the gun? I have. And it was catastrophic. But you know what? I can't go back and change it. But you know what I can do? I can repent and say, Father God, I, I blew it. I took matters into my own hand. And tonight, Father God, I, I ask you to grace me with this way. Is anybody in here right now believing God for something? I'm believing God. See, when we're believing God, we don't see what God's doing behind the scenes. Do you know while we're waiting, God is at work. He is at work. He's, doing, he's lining stuff up for us. And so, Lord, grace us. So bow your head here with me. Father God, grace us tonight. And if that's you, just speak to God. Father God, grace us to, to wait on you. To wait on your timing, that, that we would wait, Lord, where you would open the door. We wouldn't kick the door in, but we would wait on you to open doors. And Father God, we ask you right now to close the doors that need to be closed and open the doors that need to be opened. And Lord, right now, we wait on you for that, that perfect spouse. We wait on you for that job. We wait on you because you're going to bless with not only the sale of a house, but a new one. We wait on you, Father God, for that new job in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Now, you know why am I highlighting those? Because when I was in here praying, I began to pick some of that up. Don't jump the gun because you're going to get something that you really didn't want. God is working. God's working, okay? So it's 801 in the central Zion zone. Don't waste your weight, okay? What do we do, Pastor? I'm going to serve. I'm going to give. I'm going to honor God. I'm going to do everything I'm going to do. I'm going to act like it's all up to me, and I'm going to pray like it's all up to God. Okay, Lord, okay. There you go. There's another one. It's the goodness of God. Hey, I'm going to dismiss you. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.